Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and the rest of you tomato-stewed, three-eyed hobgoblins. <laughs> it is Eat Sleep Podcast, repeat FM 99 and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. Uh, I am Sean, that is Dave. Were you up all night coming up with that insult? Uh, no, I, I like to keep the source of my insults a secret, okay, so that way okay. uh, people don't rip me off, because I'm busy ripping off somebody else. But, <laughs> oh, uh, okay. No, there's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an insult generator. It's, a, okay. it's like the best thing ever. I love it. In any event, uh, we are Eat Sleep Podcast, repeat, FM99 and the Fox's first only wrestling podcast. Find us lots of different ways on FM99.com and 106.9, or 1069thefox.com, excuse me. And you go into the media tab, ESPR is right there, links to our most recent episode, which would be episode 136, if you want to go check that out. This is episode 137 that you're listening to currently. If it's your first time joining us, thank you so much. We're glad to have you here. Make sure you subscribe. If you found us on one of your major podcasting apps, which you can do in all of them, just search ESPR and Wrestling. Go ahead and subscribe and give us a five-star rating and overview. We would greatly appreciate it. And interact with us, facebook.com slash ESPR99, on the Twitter at ESPR99, and email ESPR at FM99.com. Episode 137 this week, we're going to get right into everything. It is Elimination Chamber time. We are here to tackle the Elimination Chamber, all six matches. We're going to give you our thoughts going into it. Let's kick things off, Dave. Ooh, okay, here we go. This is for the uh, WWE United States Championship. Okay. Andrade fighting for the 40th time, Humberto Carrillo. God, I don't care. I uh, like. Hey, but you know, you know the star of the suit is? Uh, Angel Garza? Yes. Yes, the star of the shoot has been Angel Garza. Uh, that guy, superstar written all over him. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. He's, he's um, good. Man, he's great. Uh, unfortunately, he's not in this match. No. Which is- <laughs> um... I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna Andrade. I, there's no reason to put it on Umberto. Yeah, the yeah. crowds aren't really responding to him. No, he's just no. not getting over. He doesn't speak English well, and I don't mean that as a knock. He's just not connecting. They, yeah, they, yeah. They haven't found the way to make him yeah. connect yet. Which <laughs> there are guys who don't speak English or don't speak a lot of English that can connect very well. I mean, the Kabuki Warriors don't speak a ton of English, but yeah. they connect with the crowds. Um, in in um, Jushin Liger was one in yeah. AEW. Pentagon Junior speaks yeah. barely any English, if, if any at all, and he that dude is over like crazy. With yeah. crowds, it's possible you can do it, but you have to put them in the right situations. Humberto has not been in those situations, and he's not clicking. No, no, he—it just—he I, I, had a good match a couple weeks ago on Raw with who? With Garza? Uh, of course he did. Yeah, yeah. The, the follow-up at uh, at that showdown. Um, We're yeah, forgetting was, about that. Was good. Uh, what what show was that? Uh, <laughs> follow up. I, I, I don't care. Uh, I, I, Andrade, unless they want to really surprise us, but I, and I know I wasn't here last week to talk about Super Showdown, so give me re- my review in one quick sentence. Um, I watched the show beginning to end, and <laughs> so moving right along. Um, I do have one. <laughs> Although th- I will join you in your defense of the, yeah. the Goldberg slot, I, I felt like that was appropriate. And, and, and let me go one step farther because I didn't think about this afterwards because okay. we talked about this, and we, we're going to sidetrack here because the Fiend is not on, on Elimination Chamber. Okay, I'm okay with that. Uh, other than the Fiend fighting, uh, yes, Finn Balor, yes, and the two Daniel Bryan matches, yes. Let's be honest. Okay, as much as people may love the gimmick, his matches have sucked. They kind of have. They kind of have. have. Maybe I'm going a little bit strong, but like, but he he ruined Seth Rollins. I don't know if he ruined ruined Seth Rollins. Seth was already Seth was already becoming very unpopular by that point. Those just didn't help him. They were kind of nailing the coffin. But 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 the hell on the cell, you just was terrible. But that was a no win situation for both of them. They both looked bad. That that match shouldn't happen then. Right. There's no way that match should happen. There was no reason. I said this the night of uh, when when the Fiend dropped the title to Goldberg at Super Showdown. I said the Fiend didn't need the title in the first place. Like I think we discussed this beforehand. Was like he doesn't need it. But if you're gonna put him in a title match, he has to win. Yeah. Like it's a no win situation here because. He does, 
The title's not going to, like, this character doesn't need the title. No. Or if he's going to get it, you need it way further down the line. Let him have more meaningful stories first. The title was doing nothing but, like, really kind of cramping in what they could do with him. Yeah. Um, it didn't benefit him at all. The title run meant nothing. His fiend face belt was meh. You know, I, I just, it, the title run didn't really mean much other than the matches with Daniel Bryan, which could have not been for the title. They didn't have yeah, to be. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, they have they, enough they of a great strap match, but you had the, the Miz match. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, I'm going to give that one a pass because it wasn't really The Fiend. It was meant to be different, you know, and not as, yeah. not the same thing. Um, uh, but yeah. if we're talking just Fiend matches, you had the two Seth Rollins matches, yeah. which were both not good. No. Um, you had the uh, Dana Ryan matches, which were good. The second one definitely the was. The strap match was, was fantastic. Was, 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 was great. Like, I, I would have put that as a match of the year candidate. I mean, it wouldn't win the, it, the but strap it'd be, matches, but it'd be on the list. The strap match was fantastic. Their first match was very good. It just wasn't yeah. as good as the strap match. Yeah. Um, and his match was, like you said, Finn Balor was good. That was introducing the character yeah, to us. Yeah, and it was a short match. Which, and it was a short uh, match. Which all of his matches, I mean, you didn't want a three-minute squash like a Goldberg-type match. Right. But, but I feel like there's a, there's a place for those in, in, in with the Fiend character. But yeah. again, that works better when you're not in a title feud. Yeah. Um, the Goldberg thing, if you went in there thinking that we weren't that we were going to get a long match, you were you were crazy to begin yeah, with. Yeah. It was Goldberg. Yeah, well, I saw it because I this wa- way. This is exactly what they did with Drew McIntyre. It makes perfect sense. You got a guy who took the title off the Fiend, who is now going to be booed by the hardcore fans, up against Reigns, who they will cheer for beating the part timer who took the Fiend off the or the, took the belt off the Fiend. You'd rather you, have him beat Goldberg than the Fiend, Cause, exactly, cause, because cause they knew Roman would get booed out of the building yeah, against yeah. the Fiend. And did you see when he and Goldberg came face to face? I could have sworn I heard cheering for Roman. I, I died there for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that their plan is working in that regard. Not to mention the fact that now it looks like we're going to get John Cena and the Fiend at WrestleMania, which I'm way more into. I'm way more into that. It, it had, and that match can't go well. If Cena's not full time now. I mean, obviously, no, but I not. wouldn't be surprised if the match but, but, was at least a ten minute match or something like that. I mean, I, it'll, I'd, I'd be shocked. I, I I wouldn't be, especially if it's going to be one of Cena's last. He, yeah. He's going to go out there and try and deliver uh, with with the Fiend. But, but even the Undertaker thing, which we'll bring up in a moment, uh, like you know, do we have to? like all right, so one other thing got to go because since we're sidetracked here, yeah. Okay, Raw. Not, not really going to talk much about the show. Except for one thing that really bothered me. Okay. It's the same thing that bothered me when, when you and I went to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. The crowd. Yeah. And because there's that one guy, mm-hmm. they like sat behind us, mm-hmm. that just wanted the start of the chant like throughout the show where I can't hear a gosh darn promo mm-hmm. or, or, or focus on the match because yeah. he won't stop. There was that guy and Raw on Monday who mm-hmm. sat me closer to the microphone because he was during the Beth Phoenix, Randy Orton segment. Mm-hmm. He kept chanting, RKO! I know. RKO! And then eventually you got people ch- chanting it. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, shut up. Like, yeah. it's, it's, th- which by the way, it was an amazing segment. Yeah. Both of them. Randy Orton is doing the best work of his career at the moment. Yeah, like, he's motivated in this right edge, now. <laughs> yeah, this edge storyline is fantastic. Yeah. It yeah, is the yeah, most yeah. I've cared about and Randy Orton. I love Orton how he brought it time. up and, you know, blamed, tried to blame Beth. And oh, I know. So good. It was so good. But um, yes, that is a side. We're way off track. But, but point, that, but. And, and then, um, and then the Shayna Baszler. Uh, match against uh, uh, should have been shorter. Well, that yes, but Kerry saying, but like, but the crowd and the one guy, probably the same guy, going boring. Mm-hmm. You know, which doesn't do her any favors. And it wasn't Baylor. boring. I disagree that it was boring. Was it the most exciting yeah. match I've ever seen? No, but yeah. it was. It was good. It's it's a different style. The only thing it's going to be a challenge is, and I know you know they obviously they want to get the title off of Becky, but but this is your transitional champion or whatever. Mm-hmm. She needs some fire. 
Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and, and, and we'll get Well, that's my thing. Long. She should have got a quick win over Kyrie Sane. Yeah, yeah. That should have been dominant. Yeah. In fact, w- w- let's talk about the Elimination Chamber match with involving Shayna Baszler taking on Natalia, Liv Morgan, Asuka, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. Okay. I don't see any option out of this other than Shayna Baszler. Yeah, yeah, because everybody else, uh, I, I think at this point, you know, you've got you've got Ruby and and Liv and possibly even Sarah Morgan all tied up in that Riot Squad type angle they yeah, have going yeah. on. Um, you've got uh, name the other competitors for me. Well, you got Natalia and Oscar will at least put up a battle against Shayna. Natalia but. and Oscar will put up a battle, but I mean that's not gonna go, that's not gonna happen. No, no. That's we're not getting that. Well, is Oscar? Here's the thing: we don't know at this point because this, this is Friday morning. We're taping this. Is that? Is Asuka, who had her injury, yeah. is she going to be able to go on Sunday? Because I, I almost be smart enough to take her out of the match. When was she injured? I don't even remember Well, she didn't wrestle on Raw on Monday because yeah. it was the house show last weekend. It was a wrist Oh, injury. she got injured? I didn't catch yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. which is why they made the switch. And I'm thinking, like, at first, like, well, maybe they pulled her out because they thought, well, there's money in Asuka and Shayna. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but... Uh, well, yeah, maybe it's possible. Uh, I mean, worst case scenario, if she can't go, they'll just they. I, I promise you, what they do is just put Kyrie Sane in that yeah, spot. Yeah, that's all they do, which yeah. would be fine. Kyrie's a great performer. Yeah, um, but she's not winning. Neither of them no, are. No, no, uh, and Natty's uh, definitely not winning. No, this is this is a hundred percent Shayna's match. Yeah, to lose. Yeah, this. it's yeah because I mean Ruby Rye came back. I'm like, oh yeah, she's back. Oh, yeah, forgot. what you should do is really Shayna should end up being the last one in. And when she comes in, I'm talking like two really quick, like f- immediate choke out wins. Yeah. She walks in and immediately grabs, like, I don't know, Natty from behind and just drops to the mat, chokes, she taps out, she's out, immediately grabs, you know, another person like who's up and starts choking them out. Maybe they don't tap, they just pass out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something. Yeah. But she needs to put two people out quick yeah. at that point. So everybody else left in the match realizes she's the threat. Yeah. Like, we, portray we, her we, as a threat. Need to gang up on her. Right. Because well, the other thing is, I thought, okay, if she's not the, like, the last one up. That she comes in and she's in there, you know. Then Sarah Logan comes out and then mm-hmm. Shayna just, you know, because Sarah Logan can't last more than. I love Sarah Logan, you know. And, and, she and, should should be the first one eliminated. But but yeah, and and if she is, um, and say it's Shayna or whatever, it's going to be like you know she's going to last a minute. So yeah, for sure. But yeah, but but unfortunately, okay. Here's the thing with WWE booking, where you know in advance, okay, well this person's going to win. So right. just make it – you have to entertain us now for 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and make it – tell us a good Which story. Which I think they're capable of doing. But, again, this goes back to this. we got these people from NXT, and if you let them do their type of match from NXT, they will get the crowd. Yeah. But if you force them to do the things that, like, Vince wants them to do on the main roster, they're going to flounder because what made them special is now gone. Yeah. They were capable of telling great stories and having amazing matches in NXT because they were allowed to have a different style of match. And now that's not working as well in the main roster for a lot of these guys. Does Shayna bite anybody? No, I think they're moving away from that. I think they're, yeah, I think they're done with so. that. Yeah. All right. So uh, the resumed Becky face-off at the end of the match. That's, yeah. Uh, all right. So a no DQ match, uh, Alistair Black versus AJ Styles. And I think it was like Black's like first TV loss, if I remember correctly. I think correctly, you're right, on, yeah. On Raw, which was a little frustrating. I mean, I, I get it because it's, it's setting up something here and it continues the program. And you mentioned something interesting mm-hmm. that I thought involving AJ Styles and Aleister Black. What did I was, say? It was a match that, uh, well, maybe at Mania. Oh, at Mania. It's a three-on-two match. The logic, the, everybody's been, the rumored match has been AJ Styles versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania, which just, I no, no. If this was Undertaker five years ago, maybe, yeah. then yeah, I'd be, I'd be for it because I think he'd still be doing it. But I just, uh, I can't. I can't see Undertaker putting on a match with AJ Styles that's going to be any good at this point by himself. So my thought process is Aleister Black, I think he gets a rub here because he's uh, got an issue, you know, with the with the with the club 
the, o- yeah, the, the OC. The good brothers. Yeah, the, the good OC. brothers, yeah. <laughs> and what will happen is we're going to end up getting Undertaker showing up at one point, probably at, at Elimination Chamber yeah, is probably, my yeah, thought, because yeah. there's no disqualification. So I'm thinking AJ and the good brothers maybe, beat up maybe, on yeah, Aleister Black. And maybe that's how maybe Aleister gets the win back because, you know, 50-50 right, yeah. One thing or another, either A, Aleister gets the win back and they all beat him up afterwards, or they just all beat him up anyway for yeah. AJ to get the win. Um, or this other scenario being this, this could happen before during the match instead of after the match. Undertaker could show up to help Alistair Black in the yeah. middle of all that, and Alistair. In fact, I I think that one's the most likely. Undertaker shows up, takes I, out both thinking. good yeah. brothers, yeah. and he sees Undertaker, and he, AJ goes to turn away from the Undertaker, turns right into black the Black Mass. Mass match over. I could yeah. easily see that happening, I, leading I, to a three on two match at WrestleMania, which I, again gives the rub to Alistair. Undertaker gets his appearance. And I mean, really, AJ doing the right thing in that regard. Yeah, and you have to give the rub to Alistair at this point. He a- needs a- it. A- AJ is fine. I know people complain like, "Well, you shouldn't have lost to Taker." What a that match did not matter. Oh my god, it didn't matter. It, at it, all. it was I mean, uh, people were you, so upset about. It. I'm like, I didn't. Kids. I did not care about one second of that gauntlet match. Like that was so not <sighs> entertaining. The, the only thing that I liked, and this is a stretch with, I thought, oh, well, our truth looked great. I, like, well, my thing is that, but like the, the but the setup of the pins were terrible. Oh, got that. Uh, Bobby, but like Bobby my Lashley thing was like, all right, if this is what we're gonna do, then fine. I want him to accidentally win his way through this whole thing. Yeah. What they should have done was had it come down to our truth and AJ and Undertaker doesn't have to win the thing because that yeah. made no sense. No. Undertaker no. should have just showed up and laid out yeah. AJ and our truth gets the win and our truth has you know fine. Let's do that. There was no re- under. Uh, uh, yeah. Dumb, but this. I'm sorry. Those shows always are. Super Showdown, Crown Jewel are always disappointing. Yeah. Like, like it's like people. Are going, oh, the Undertaker, uh, seven time, however many time world champion is. Oh, and he won the Tangeray. It's not Tangeray, but I whatever. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Yeah, it, but he, like, like he doesn't need that. No, at all. But okay, so but who? So this is tricky because I because Alistair Black either wins because of the Undertaker or AJ Styles wins because of the Good Brothers. I think Alistair wins because of the Undertaker. Which he, which, prote- which protects, protects AJ, yeah. and it also protects Alistair because he was outnumbered three to one. Yeah. And he beat up two of the three last week. I mean, so it's not like he's not capable of winning. Yeah, yeah. And, he and, just, and you, can't, you can't go back-to-back losses on this. You have to go 50-50 right. booking. I think I, I, in this regard, and then at WrestleMania, he'll get the win with the Undertaker. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I think that's the way to go. I'll do this. So this one, uh, they, they rebooked right away. Uh, the Raw Tag oh, Team Oh, wait, champion. I thought we didn't get automatic rematches for former yeah, champions well, anymore. Did Vince, did Vince decide that this week that that happens? Apparently, yes. God almighty. Stop establishing these rules. And it's not even like this is just something that people say. You came out on television and said it. Yeah. That was a thing. Not Vince. I think Shane said it. But still, it was established as a rule. No more automatic rematches for champions. And then what do we do? Immediately get an automatic We're rematch for the champions. Rematch class we don't have. So the Street Profits, the new tag team champions, taking out Seth Rollins and, and Murphy. Nobody. Um, nobody. Hey, nobody. Hey, hey no nobody. Real. Murphy. Oh, don't start that because people <laughs> people will do it. Um, yeah. Oh, that's what, yeah. Realistically, okay. I'm, I'm coining that. No. Realistically, it needs to be the Street Profits. Yeah, well, and they need to win by themselves. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but Kevin Owens pretty much handed them the titles on Raw, which the match was good, but yeah. it didn't do a lot for the Street Profits because again, the titles were lit, almost handed to them by Kevin Owens. Yeah. If you want to have Owens like intercept uh, AOP or something before they can get involved to yeah. make sure it stays fair, that's one thing. But don't have him hand them the win again because that does nothing to make them credible champions. Th- th- this feud is that Owens like like I'm I mean, I'm okay it's, with it's, it. It's leading to WrestleMania match, yeah. but it, it's just it's yeah it's it's just such a weird way with you know with the referee and the yeah and that, that there was which, no more follow up on that. I no, need more follow up, which I thought was odd because if you were at the show. 
you know, and the guy takes I was off not. his shirt. Yeah. But I mean, but like you were like, well, why why is the ref doing this? Yeah, like, why is the ref taking off? Because when it first happened, I thought like like there's a screw up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, yeah, because it doesn't happen often, but it has happened. Oh, no, for sure. It's <laughs> yeah. Happened. And you're yeah. like, um, Street Province need to win this match. They need the win, without a doubt. And realistically, yeah. if anybody in that group is going to have it, it needs to be AOP, not yeah. not Buddy Murphy yeah. and I'm sorry, not Murphy and um, he's Seth not Buddy Rollins. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Not Murphy and Seth Rollins. Nobody Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I will say this, because um, at first I thought when Mur- Murphy and Rollins won the title, I thought, oh, then maybe this is going to lead to an AOP match. I thought that they were just going to hand them to them. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. give them to them. <laughs> I thought that that's what was going to end up happening. But that didn't happen. Seth like, oh, thanks for following Murphy me. Held on thanks the for being part of my cult. Here yeah, you go. exactly. Right. Um, or maybe they do a three-man rule with uh, AOP and Murphy. Yeah. You know, the bird, free bird rule. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to figure out what the main event of the night is, and the, it might be the women's match because the other because the other two matches, I can't imagine. I think it has to show. be the women's match, so yeah, we yeah. messed that up a little bit. Yeah, we messed that up. Uh, that should have been the <clears throat> main event of the evening. Yeah, because looking at this card, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else would be the main event. Yeah, because it ain't going to be this one, the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. It is definitely not going to be that one. I, I think this will be a fun match, though. Oh, I do, too. I'm expecting a good match. I, I this is prob- probably the one match I'm looking the forward to. Yeah, uh, the Miz, the current champions. Miz and Morrison. Uh, taking on, uh, which, by the way, very over. Yes, <laughs> They're yes. super showtime. I was like, wow. Uh, taking on the New Day, the Usos, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party. They're still there. And uh, Dolph Ziggler. And... Does that's he have just, a partner? Uh, that's your six teams. Oh, uh, no, Robert Roode. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, it would be weird <laughs> if he was just there, Dave. Um, to be nuts. I, I mean, it's pro- I, mo- I think the most likely scenario is Miz and Morrison retain. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the New Day. I Does Morrison duplicate his dropping from the top of the cage thing like he did last time he was in an elim- elimination chamber? Or does somebody do it to him? You know, one of the Usos or something, maybe? Yeah, or, or, or some, you know, the Lucha House Party doing something crazy. Who's yeah. the one guy that was like when it was uh, Sin Cara and somebody, and the one guy like, Climbed up like all the way to the top, and then like just jumped off know. and like <laughs> got destroyed. I don't know. Um, I mean, really, I'm looking at these teams, and I mean, you could make a case for the New Day and the Usos, but there's no reason for either of them no, to win. I mean, I mean having point. Machinery winning the title would be nice. It would be cool. I really do like those guys, and it would be a cool moment. But I don't, I don't see a reason to give them. They're they're in the middle of a feud with Rude and, and yeah and Ziggler. And Ziggler. Yeah. That'll just play out like that does. I think. I'll probably get Mania with Liv. Uh, what's your face in the corner or whatever? But um, uh, Mandy Rose. Hey, hey, what, what's happened to that? Because I was gone for a couple of weeks, and so I didn't pay attention to what was on SmackDown because I was in the middle. He was of, supposed to go on a date with her. I remember that. And right, then, but then, and then like, Ziggler ended up on the date with her. Okay. And then what? What it seems to be, and I don't. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think they've revealed this on television. Was that uh, uh, her friend? Not, not Sonia Deville. Thank you, Sonia Deville. It seems to be that Sonia might have got a hold of Mandy's phone and texted Dolph and acted like she, you know, was wanting to come out. It seems like Sonia might be playing a, a, a puppet master here, yeah, trying to steer her away from Otis because it's a bad look, and we'll see how that story ends up. I'm actually okay with that because that makes logical sense because Sonia and her travel together. They you stay in the same hotels. They they're yeah. buddies. She would have that kind of access to her stuff, and I also like the idea of giving Sonya something more than just being Mandy's buddy. Yeah, like she's con- she's controlling this stuff behind the scenes. Well, like, I kind of figure a little bit like because when because af- afterwards, you know, like- well, because afterwards, um, Mandy was talking about it, and Sonya just kept going like, "Oh, well, it's also better fit for you anyway." And like, you know, she kept kind of playing that card and. Yeah. Eventually, getting Mandy to admit that Dolph is really cute, and it's like so she's like kind of leading her that way. So it seems like she is kind of trying to control Mandy. 
yeah. which is interesting. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of into that as yeah. long as they build that angle out. Yeah, they haven't screwed up that storyline yet. Not so. yet, which means they've probably <laughs> dropped it. So, we'll see. Uh, yeah, like, it's going good. Oh, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Anymore. We'll see what happens. Um, I love Otis. I mean, yeah. So because here's the thing: if Heavy Machinery win the title, yeah. Then you know, then they get, they're gonna face Ziggler and Rude at Mania, right? Or if Ziggler and Rude win the title, right? Then maybe heavy then, machinery. Maybe, then maybe it's. it's but I don't think you go from machinery. heel team to heel team. I think it would have to be it, I, the only two teams I see winning this are Heavy Machinery for the feel good pop, or Miz and Morrison retaining. They're the only two teams I see winning. Because I'm trying to figure out if like okay, what's this, like what happens with Miz and Morrison? Well, it'd be the Usos. Um, I the Usos are New Day. I mean, like maybe a three way. Maybe you know you yeah. never really know. You never really know. All right. I- I'm going to pick Heavy Machinery. Also, you're assuming the tag team champions will be on the WrestleMania card. That doesn't always happen, Dave. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's the pre-pre-pre-pre-show. Yeah, and, yeah. Know, it's on Friday. You know, at, at 4, <laughs> 4 a.m. You yeah. know, as, as the parking lot opens. So. Yeah. So, uh, Was that the last match? Nope. There's okay, one, there's, there's one, one more. more. There's one more match. That is not <laughs> the main event of the evening. It is the Intercontinental Championship on the line. Okay. So uh, the secondary title show, yes. as well. Braun Strowman defending against Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and he's actually wrestling Sami Zayn. <laughs> no, like, I just it could be thirty dudes in there. You're not convincing me that Braun's losing. No. Braun's winning this. He's gonna. People are gonna complain that Shinsuke and Cesaro and Sami all lost to Braun, and it's gonna be a, a, a crap fest online. But isn't it about time that Braun looks strong again? <laughs> it's absolutely time look, for Braun to look strong. Yeah. Um, I. I'm sorry, nothing's happening with Cesaro and Shinsuke, and Sammy's more of a mouthpiece these days than a wrestler, so yeah. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, people need to understand that. Cause like, Braun ah, is not losing. No. He is not losing. No. I, I think there will be a, a fun moment in there where Sammy almost beats Braun because Sammy sees it as an opportunity for him to win the title, But which and if, if Braun's going to drop it, that's the only way it happens. Sammy sneaks in, gets the title, and screws over everybody. Well, do, do you but, think... Um, like I mean, if if they happen to win, is it a co-championship or is it whoever makes? I the hope pinfall? not. The co-champion thing has always been dumb to me. I've never liked it. It for me, it should be whoever gets the yeah. pinfall, which should cause some dissension among that team. Yeah. Um. It, it's but again, I the most likely scenario here is just Braun Strowman retaining. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, ridiculous feat of strength somewhere in there, and he'll retain. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're all I mean lighter guys. I mean Cesaro is. I wonder, I wonder if he could feasibly stack all three of them on his shoulder and power slam them. Probably not. What I would love to see, but we're not going to get it, yeah. would be the swing. But this, cause this is our all swing on uh, Braun Strowman. <laughs> That's very true. I don't think we're going to get that. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure you're right there. He the, did do uh, the great Collie, though. Who was bigger, technically. So, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think you do because the whole point is to make Braun look good. Not, yeah, not, yeah. Uh, and that would, that would make Braun look kind of bad yeah, that in that regard. So, I think, no, I think you yeah. – I think Braun gets the win. Maybe Braun swings him. Yeah. All right, got a question since we got some time on the show. But right. do we, uh, you know, like, was it a year ago? Two years ago? We, it was know. last year. No, it was two. It was almost two years ago. Time rolls we, together. We, we had um, we had Drew McIntyre on the show. We did have Drew McIntyre on the show. Yeah, should we should, we should we should we dust off the interview and, and bring that back because it's not too long after. Why not? We'll dig it up out of the vault and uh, let everybody take a listen. Now that Drew is kind of at the top, so let's get a get a listen to where he was almost two years ago. Yeah. Hey, Drew, it's a pleasure speaking with you this afternoon. Oh, thank you for having me, uh, buddy. How are you keeping? Hey, I'm doing great. I got uh, My name is Dave Taylor. I got Sean in here, and uh, we're looking forward to the show coming up this Saturday night, part of the WWE SummerSlam Heatwave Tour. Well, I'm very much looking forward to it myself. We get to 
get back in Norfolk. I can't remember the last time I was personally there. That's what I was just about to ask you was when was the last time you were in Norfolk? But if you don't remember then, ah, man, that's it's been I know it's been a long time since we've seen you uh, with the WWE, especially. But I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. Ever since you've been back, I've been super excited to catch you live. Uh, I appreciate that, buddy. It's very exciting to be back, you know, part of WWE and, you know, getting to see all the, the fans again that I haven't seen in a long time. And last time they saw me, I was a different cat. I was but a boy, <laughs> and I'm returning a, a grizzled man these days. So what's what's different now than, like, the first time you were around? Uh, well, like I say, uh, you know, I got signed by WWE when I was 21, straight from university in Scotland. And I came to America, and I was straight into the system, and, you know, I, I was always confident in wrestling. It's all I've ever done. Uh, but, you know, I never really matured. I never really grew up. And I never appreciated the opportunity I had because I got it so young. And, you know, I basically had that boy mindset the whole time. And this is perfectly normal. I'm part of WWE. I never took it for what it was. Oh, my God, I'm living my dream. I'm part of the biggest company in the world. It wasn't until I was released that I got a you know perception of reality. And I realized the opportunity that I had. And then I proceeded to work harder than everyone else in the world. I built myself into the most marketable guy outside of WWE, and finally it was time to come home. You know, the man I am now, I realize the opportunity I have, and I'm back as a leader to set an example for everybody else in the wrestling world. That's a a great message. But, like, in addition to what's different for yourself, what's changed in the company, the WWE, since the first time you were there? I don't know how, but it got bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Like, every year, every... uh, couple of years it just grows and grows I and mean, you think it can't get any bigger another deal signed and you know the stock prices are through the roof so it's, it's amazing to watch just how far the company has gone and you know the respect the business gets these days yeah and uh yeah it's incredible and to what like the bigger wwe gets the more successful it is the more successful the companies out with wwe get it all trickles down from the top and i was part of all the other companies and i watched them grow i was part of the growth of a lot of other companies out with wwe and you know the more successful WWE gets the, the better it is for the health of the entire wrestling industry. Yeah, because you because what you didn't have when you were around the first time was NXT, and then you came back and was there for a while. What was that experience like? Oh, NXT was great. That, that's what I wanted to do was um, you know return to NXT and kind of reintroduce myself who I am these days. And NXT, you know, has a very passionate, uh, I don't smart is the right word, fan base that were aware of what I was doing out with the company. So I felt like it was a good way to come back and try and help grow the NXT brand. Because in the end, WWE is so big, the name sells it. But NXT, an individual, can really make a difference. And I wanted to to get in there and see what I could do to try and elevate the brand and be around so many talented people. And I had a great time there. I meant the world to me to be champion and represent NXT. And I came down with a little injury, unfortunately, when I lost the NXT title. And once I rehabbed, you know, it was about time to return to Monday Night Raw for the first time in four years. That's okay, but see, that means you're an undefeated NXT champion. You're like, well, I mean, like, you got injured, and then Andrade beat you, but you were you were there, you were carrying the mantle and everything, and then Andrade beat you. And I got to tell you, Andrade beating you kind of took him to a whole other level, so I think you really accomplished your mission. You showed up in NXT, and then you made it more than it was. You took a guy who a lot of people were overlooking, and you helped elevate him even by losing the title. I appreciate that. And, like, he's, you know, an incredible athlete who just needed to find – you know, that little something extra to put the pieces together. They put him and Zelina together, the great pairing. We had the opportunity to work together, and I told him, I know you've got a lot more than you're showing everybody, and I'm going to make you bring it out. And 
He brought it out in spades. Zelina brought out the personnel in spades, and it was a perfect recipe. And in the end, I defeated myself. I tore my bicep, so right. I beat me. Right, you <laughs> beat me. He did come up to a whole new level. So it's really another win. It's another win for you if you think about it the right That's way. Right, I'll take the victory over myself. <laughs> um, you talked about perfect pairings. Uh, talk to us a little bit about pairing up with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, Dolph's great. Hey, he's somebody I've known for. Oh my goodness, I've been in America so long now. Uh, <laughs> Eleven years. Eleven years. I, I just turned thirty-three. Actually, I got Simon. I was twenty-one. Oh, I'm the same age. Uh, as, so I'm, I'm the same to... age as Drew, and he's way more successful than me. That <laughs> makes me feel good. Uh, uh, everybody thinks I'm in like my forties or something, but they just keep saying, "Oh yeah, Drew's been around for for a while." I was right. been around for a while, but you don't like talk about like I'm in my mid forties or you know I'm in my twilight, my career. So I'm just slowly <laughs> getting my prime. <laughs> Fine right now, but Dolph somebody, you know, when I came in, uh, you know, he was somebody that just worked so hard. He's so determined to be the best. And that's always been his mentality. And, you know, him and I were kind of part of the original youth movement of WWE. It was like Dolph, myself, Sheamus, John Morrison, Kofi. A lot of us, you know, were getting opportunities because the old guard was moving out. And, you know, I always knew Dolph's mentality. And he's kind of been star a lot over the years. And when I came back, we paired us together. I know my mentality now is, you know, be the best, set the bar for everybody. And if you can't rise to it, you don't belong in WWE. He feels the same and put us together. And then put us in matches with guys like Seth and Roman. And then, you know, you're going to get some gold there. Hey, a while ago, you mentioned about the NXT crowd being smart. You were uh, kind of a part of the main event at Extreme Rules. Did that bother you with the crowd kind of acting the way they did or doing the countdown and stuff? Does that affect, you know, maybe not just you, but even the guys in the ring? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, for the guys in the ring, I'm sure it's more more why, I guess. Yeah. Like, for me, it was annoying, but if you're in the match, it's even, even more annoying because I just don't understand. The fans are so vocal about what they'd like to see, and then you give it to them, and then they're still not satisfied and still, like, this is why you can't have nice things. <laughs> I said that exact <laughs> thing before. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, it's weird. It's not like they were, like, crapping all over it like they've done in the past where they tried to hijack the match or whatever and you know you pay your money you can do what you want and have a good time but the, the funny thing about this match was they were doing the countdown with the every 10 seconds but I could feel like I can feel a crowd and I can tell when they care and when they don't care they were invested in that match the guys worked hard the crowd cared but they were just so entertained by doing the countdown so it was a bizarre situation it wasn't like they hijacked the match they were right. doing this thing to entertain themselves but they were still invested in the match so it was a bizarre situation so i take that one as a little different because i could feel the crowd and i could feel they were into that match even though they were entertaining themselves at times uh, i mean do you kind of like you know some of the matches we've had in the past at some events not 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 not, not evolving you but like say like brock and roman is that that fear at SummerSlam that they're going to hide you know the crowd's going to hijack it you can't do anything about it i mean in the end the reality is to pay their money and if that's what entertains them that's what they're, <laughs> they're going to do you can't like tell like grown people like this is what you have to do. You right. take your money, and if this is what you want to do, that's what you're going to do. Like if I don't understand it, that's fine. If I do, that's fine. But in the end, they're going to do what they're going to do. But the guys in the ring just have to take it to a level and surprise them with such unique and creative things that you can't help but pay attention to the match. And I know like Brock, I know Roman, and they're very physical guys. Even if they're you know trying to get them at the star i'm sure they'll do something so physical and so something out of the box that everybody will pay attention and that's our job is to catch their attention i've got to tell you that's something specifically that you've always had but you really ramped it up since you've been back is physicality yeah. because one of the things i remember seeing when you came back to nxt was i was thinking to myself obviously i know like i've seen you a million times you're an incredibly talented performer uh, and wrestler Thank you. it's just it, it but it, i'm looking at you going ow he's killing these people 
but I know clearly, you know, it's, you're, you're an incredibly safe person for them to be in there with. But it's just, I'm amazed watching the physicality. It's just, is that part of the the maturity that you talked about coming back? You realize you needed to kind of step that up, or is that something like a trend? Because if you look at NXT, physicality seems to be a big part of NXT. Lots of high impact moves, lots of like almost brawling to a degree. Strong Styles made a real debut there. Um, is that just something you knew you had to bring back with you? Yeah, I mean, that's something I've kind of always uh, been big on, but especially the time I was away and, you know, building my, my new look, my new character, which is just me, basically. <laughs> and a move set that matches how I look. And the way I look at it as well is, you know, people kind of know what's going on. Yeah, It's up to my job to make them question. Right. Rather than, I'm not too into, I guess, going in and putting on a performance as such. Like, I want to go in there. I want to get you invested in the story, and I want you to believe the physicality, and I want you to believe me. So you might not believe everything else is real, but I can assure you you're believe Drew McIntyre is real. And, <laughs> and when I hit somebody, I hit somebody. Look, we're two grown men. You can take a hit. I'm not going to break your nose. Maybe I will. In the end, we'll just have a beer and cheers afterwards. Because like that's that. what it's all about to me. It's all about bringing that physicality. It's about blurring the lines. It's about making people say, and I know it's not this way, but, and as soon as I hear the but, I'm like, I got gotcha. you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> hey, uh, one thing, since you come back, and I kind of like this, because to me it's been keeping like you fresh in my eyes, is that even though you're on every week, you're not wrestling every week. But w- w- what is the plan? Like, is there, and I know you can't really say, but like post-SummerSlam, because I don't think you have a SummerSlam match at this time, but what, what, what can we expect from Drew McIntyre after SummerSlam? Well, you can expect to be hopefully entertained. If you've been enjoying it, I'm glad because, like, uh, I keep telling people, and I appreciate everyone on social media that, you know, send me all the messages and send the company the messages, uh, what they'd like to see. I keep telling everybody, remember, we have 52 weeks of TV. I just came back. i got to right. got to tell the story, build the character, get the casual fans invested. I appreciate the ones who know what I'm about. But that's what it's all about. It's about sprinkling a little, sprinkling a little bit here, a little bit there, and just slowly, you know, reintroducing myself. And I've been, you know, very blessed, like, they the situation with Dolph and the people I've been working with to, you know, really start slowly building up because in the past I've tend to be dropped right into the deep end. It's like, oh, new toy, we like this guy, drop him right in. This yeah. time we're taking our time, we're educating everybody. The ones who know, know, but the ones who don't are starting to learn. And I love the way it's been going, and I'm sure SummerSlam is going to be an absolute spectacle. When I say I'm sure, I mean the guys are going to steal the show, and I'll be involved in some way. <laughs> did, did you think like years ago being the chosen one kind of hurt you a little bit? No, absolutely not. Like, it's never been done before. It will never be done again. Like, Vincent Mann came out and endorsed me in front of the world. And, uh, you know, my mindset is now, like, he said some things in the past that people laughed at. You know, he told uh, people in the company we're going to be public one day. They laughed at him. He said, we're going to be, uh, you have a network one day. They laughed at him. Everything that man says comes true. And he said, Drew McIntyre, future world champion. And it reminds him of himself and all that stuff. And look what's starting to happen. The man is a crystal ball. <laughs> okay, so I've got a question for you. You said SummerSlam is going to be uh, off the charts. It's going to be great. We're all expecting that. Um, but we all know that you're going to be here this weekend for a part of the uh, SummerSlam Heat Wave Tour. And i got to ask you, like, okay, so what can we expect about that Heat Wave Tour? Why should people come to this if they're thinking, eh, it's a live show, it's not SummerSlam, I'll wait till I'll watch SummerSlam on pay-per-view, no big deal. Why should they come see the Heat Wave Tour? So there's one, there's nothing like uh, the live WWE shows. Um, like, I really you know, believe that there's something for everybody. And everybody on the show is two weeks before SummerSlam. They're looking to prove something, you know, like be it for the online chatter, be it for the agents to go back and tell the bosses, 
everybody's bringing their A game to every show. And if the ones that are on the show want everyone talking about them, that they're in the zone right now, the ones that are not on the show want to earn a spot on the show. And the live experience, there's no cameras there. It's a lot more interactive. We can actually play with the audience a bit more. We get involved with the audience a bit more. They're part of the show. And there's like no, like nothing like it on earth. Like I've got some of my buddies that have came to the show in Scotland who are not wrestling fans. They're just, oh, that's that thing Drew does that weird wrestling. And they come to the show and afterwards they're just hooked and they start watching every week and they're texting me about <laughs> it. Like we have literally something for everyone. So many different characters, so many different stories. And it's just fun in the live events. And I say there's no cameras there. And we're just like, everybody's a part of the show. And the tickets like start so cheap. And I say, just give it a try. Like I wanted to believe if you go there, I'll give you my Drew guarantee. If you don't love it, come pay me in the parking lot. I'll give you the money back myself because it really is a show for everybody. And I really do believe in the product. And I wouldn't just say it. Usually people you know, tell me when they see promos and stuff. But man, I'm such a good promo. It's not promos, but I believe it's real. Everything I say is real. Drew McIntyre is Drew Galloway. I'm the same person. I really believe in the product. And I wouldn't just say it because that's my job to say it. That's a, that's a hell of a guarantee. Yeah, that is. Go <laughs> <laughs> find the man who give him your money back. <laughs> Hey, recently you did a video with uh, some old guys you used to. I should say old guys you worked with because they're still around. But uh, but but Jinder and uh, and Heath. What was kind of like to relive like the WLC moments and stuff? <laughs> it was interesting. I've never watched it since. So it was like oh, watching a, a different person. <laughs> like I, I looked at Jinder. I think I don't know if they showed that part, but I, I think they did. But I looked at Jinder and Heath, and I said, "The Jinder." I was like, "Man, like we do look like different people." And I looked at Heath and went, "And you." Cut your hair. Totally <laughs> different. But uh, yeah, I remember. Like I remember on the night, like uh, they did such a such a great job, and I remember it was supposed to be a joke. Everyone was supposed to laugh at it, and you know I was very fired up about it, and told them I'll do something crazy. All the other guys will do something crazy. The two guys in the match really worked their worked their butts off, and put on a performance that had the fans on their feet clapping by the end of it when it was supposed to be a joke. So that was the, the highlight of the NBA, let's say. That was a great match. I, I remember why, and I, you're right, going into it, I didn't think it was going to be much, but I, at the end of it, I was like, this might end up being match of the night. This was amazing. <laughs> and it was the pre-show. I yeah. remember saying, was, we're walking back, follow that pay-per-view. <laughs> Oh man, that's just that's such a blast. Uh, we had a we had a question from a listener real quick that I wanted to ask you. Um, he brought up how we, we discussed on our show recently that moves like the DDT and whatnot that used to be used as finishers are now more of kind of mainstay moves just in everybody's everyday arsenal. Why why you used the future shock DDT at one point? Now you use the claymore kick. Uh, what's what what kind of has got you choosing moves like that? That really, I mean, some people would say. Oh well, nobody beats anybody with moves like that anymore. Are you just trying to reestablish these simple but effective finishers, or what's your mentality behind choosing something like that? Uh, well, I think, and the way you deliver it helps. Also, if you do something enough and educate people to believe anything, like I could do a headlock, and I'm sure eventually people would believe it if I did it enough, enough weeks in a row, or enough right. months in a row. But in reality, like I like something that looks effective, and I believe that I can deliver something more effectively than anyone else in the world, and that's why I'll do it. Like when it came to DDT, you know, I think my limbs and the speed that I delivered at made it from a DDT into almost like a pile driver type move, the way I deliver the future shock. And also with the kick, and a lot of people would do the single leg drop kick, but I don't see many six foot five, 260 pound guys moving <laughs> like me or as fast as me to kick somebody in the face. So That's I think I get true. the edge on that one. <laughs> So uh, you had a great match with Seth Rollins a couple of weeks ago. Is there any dream programs that you, you kind of want to see yourself you know, taking on some certain stars down the road? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's an unlimited amount. Uh, there were so many guys that weren't here when I was here before, or if they were here, 
they weren't as established as they are now. And, uh, you know, I was in the position I'm in now where we could really get the world's attention. So, you know, Seth, we're currently with him right now. Uh, he's a phenomenal performer in the ring. And any time him and Dolph or him and myself get in there, you know, you're guaranteed what we set in the bar that I've been talking about that people have to try and live up to. And then uh, any time someone like Roman and myself get in the ring together, you know, you can hear the crowd starting to rumble. And that's a cool feeling. It's like, oh, wow, this is something they want to see. Let's give them a little tease right now. Maybe we'll come back to that later. Bron and I stepped in the ring once in the UK, and I saw everybody starting to stand on their feet, just getting face-to-face with each other. And you know, that's moments that it's like, wow, you know, we don't have to create an intricate story. People just are into it by just standing face-to-face. That's a very cool moment. And then if you want to play fantasy book, then AJ Styles is over on SmackDown. Right. And him and I keep passing each other like ships in the night over the past <laughs> like five, year, five years. We just keep doing different shows. He disappears, he goes somewhere else. Then I go there, then he disappears. And then we can never quite figure it out. And now we're almost so close. And that match will happen eventually. Okay, so last question for me. And this is a little off-the-wall question. I like to throw some kind of uh, some, some nonsense questions every once in a while. Catch you off your guard. But Drew McIntyre, I need to know, you, for your opinion, once and for all, make the internet mad. Does pineapple go on pizza or not? No. No, thank you, Drew! Hey. Thank you! The correct yeah, answer! I don't, I, don't, I don't even like pineapple to begin with, so I'm not putting it on anything. There you go. The definitive answer from Drew McIntyre. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, man. It has been a blast. Can't wait to see you this weekend, Saturday, August 11th, WWE Live Summer, SummerSlam Heat Wave Tour. It is going to be a blast. Dave, do you know what time it starts? Yeah, 7.30 bell time at the Scope. Tickets available at the box office. There you go. It's going to be an awesome show. Can't wait to see you there, Drew. No, thank you for having me, guys. If you're there, come and say hello. Absolutely. We'll look man. for We'd you. Love to. Thank you again, Drew McIntyre. Thank you so much for joining us. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Drew. And that was cool. That was an early interview for us. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. In, in East Sleep uh, Podcast repeats early days. Yeah. So that was pretty neat. But, you know, the interesting thing about that was was him talking about, you know, because that was like after uh, Dolph Ziggler and uh, Seth Rollins had that uh, Iron Man match. Right. Where the crowd was like counting down. And he was like defending like. I would like, I mean, know, we, talked to, we talked to uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Seth as well. Yeah. And uh, I went, when we talked to Seth, was that before or after Mania when he beat Lesnar? It was before. It was. Long so I'd like to that. point out that talking to us seems to be really good for you. Yeah, I just, it seems to lead to good things. That's all I'm saying here. Yeah. So uh, maybe you know, if you if you want some good things in your future, talk to us, guys. We're here for you. <laughs> Absolutely. In any event, that is episode 137 of Eat Sleep Podcast. Repeat next week. We will have episode 138, which will be the review of Elimination Chamber. We'll have a special guest, uh, the co-host of Um, We're with the Band, Aaron Lee, will be on, and she's going to actually watch it and give you the perspective of a non-fan. So it won't just be Dave and I who are two suckers for the business. I'm gonna have to give her tips and like when to start watching this show and like what to fast forward. <laughs> oh no, she'll watch the whole thing. She did it for the NXT show. She just watches it in two pieces. She watches like three matches and then she watches three matches. Because the Undertaker at Super Showdown, because yeah. I watched it in a tape delay. Oh, I would have somewhere. never made her watch that. Um, that took like over. Th- it took to forever. It took yeah. forever. Yeah, no, that took forever. I would never tell her to watch a Super Showdown ever. Uh, but but this the so. entrance alone. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So until next week, ladies and gentlemen, remember a uh, five-star rating and review if you find us on one of your major podcasting apps. Interact with us, facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99 or email us ESPR at FM99.com. Let us know what your picks for uh, Elimination Chamber are going to be or what you thought of ours. And until next week, remember to eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. <laughs>